Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Victoria Benyon, and the founder of the Victoria Benyon Podcast Booking Agency. And you're listening to The Best Guest, the podcast for business owners, creatives, and entrepreneurs who want to harness the power of podcasts to grow their platforms and increase their visibility. We're here to support you on your journey, bringing you actionable tips with each episode. Now, let's begin. Today, we're joined by Nikki Hutchison, who specializes in audience growth. Nikki has been developing effective strategies to grow businesses for over 20 years, as well as creating impactful marketing campaigns for agencies and clients. She has also managed and grown businesses, achieving huge increases in turnover. She's built two of her own service-based businesses from scratch and has over 10 years experience as an entrepreneur. There are not too many business scenarios that Nikki hasn't experienced. Hi, Nikki. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to talk to you today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Victoria. And I'm really looking forward to our chat as well. So you work with women who want to grow a more engaged audience of potential buyers. Could you talk us through your journey on how you got to this point? Yes, sure. So I always knew that I wanted to work in advertising. I actually did my first work experience placement in an ad agency when I was 14 and absolutely loved it. And I was really interested in the psychology of marketing and decision making and how to kind of understand and influence people's decision making, really. So I studied business at uni and then I did a postgrad in advertising and then worked my way up from graduate trainee to senior strategic planner in an ad agency before leaving the ad industry after having my second child in 2010. She was born. After that, I just really wanted something flexible. I didn't really know what to do. I'd lost a lot of confidence working in the ad industry. It's quite difficult as a woman, particularly once you've had kids. You know, I'd had a couple of bad experiences and I thought, oh, I can't do this thing. I can't do marketing and advertising that I've loved for so long. I I just have lost all my confidence there. So what can I do? And so I set up my first business in 2011 that was actually a kids hip hop dance company. (laughs) My goodness. Not as random as it might sound, because during my time at the agency, I'd worked on big national campaigns for the government into how to reduce antisocial behavior amongst children and young people. So I thought I could do that while my kids are young and provide that solution. So that business started in 2011, very end of. Then I kind of took it as far as I wanted to, explored various options, realized that I needed a new challenge and set up my marketing business in 2017. And what I do in this business is that I teach other female founders, other women like me, like you, how to use marketing to start and grow businesses. Really, since the pandemic, it's been even more vital to create a strong online presence and to grow an audience of people who love what you do and who you can reach quickly and easily. So that's what I focus on teaching the women who I work with. And I also provide some services for bigger clients, actually doing the marketing campaigns for them as well. That's so valuable. So what are the best ways that business owners can grow their audiences without paid ads? I really like this question because I feel like when you start a business, unless you want to start a business like mine, 
you don't really start a business because you want to spend your life marketing that business. <laughs> no, that's true. You start a business because you're passionate about what you do and you you want to spend all of your time doing that thing, you know, making those things or, you know, running those events or classes or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, that's what you want to do. You don't want to spend all of your time marketing. And I think that sometimes it can be a bit of a rude awakening for people when you're new to business and you realize just how much time and effort you do need to spend on marketing. Sometimes I feel like Facebook ads are recommended or sold in or people discover them and they think that it's going to be a quick fix and that's going to kind of be the answer to their prayers. And there is so much that you can and really need to do before you invest any money in Facebook ads. Otherwise, you're highly likely to waste a lot of money. Absolutely. So the first thing to do is to make sure that you're really great at what you do. Oprah Winfrey said, when you're excellent, you're unforgettable. That's always the thing to strive for, I think. And I think that we as small business owners are actually really good at striving for excellence because we love what we do, because we want to provide the best service and products as we possibly can to the people who we're serving. So let's assume that that's in place. That's a given. We're all striving for excellence. So next, it's really time to spread the word. And the thing with marketing is the more you do, the better results you will get. I don't know about you, Victoria, but that is certainly something that I'm reminded of fairly regularly as I run my own business. Gosh, yeah, definitely consistency. Lots of people hope that Facebook ads are going to be this answer to their prayers, and they're really not. Sometimes they can be the cherry on top of the cake. You know, I'm not completely against Facebook ads. I use Facebook ads and I recommend them as part of the marketing mix. But we're talking about the things that you can do before you invest in ads. There are so many things. So I've actually created a lead magnet, a free download, which is called 25 things you can do to grow your business without paying for ads. So I've picked a few of them from that list. Great list. I've read it. So I've picked just a few to talk through with you. And the first, obviously, is social media. But I feel like even with social media, there is so much to cover So it's not just a case, is it, of setting up your accounts or even just choosing a platform and (laughs) hoping for the best. You know, it's so much more nuanced than that. You need to make sure that you are in the place where the people who you're trying to attract are spending time. You need to make sure that all of your bios and your about sections are optimized. You need to make sure that you have got a plan. You've got a strategy for reaching the people who you want to reach. Otherwise, you're just kind of shouting into the void and adding to the noise, which I think there's a lot of just now. Yeah, you're right about that. So when I say social media, there's so much that we could talk about. (laughs) We could do a whole episode on that. (laughs) But um, definitely optimizing your presence on social media is key. Then I mentioned my freebie already, my lead magnet, growing an email list is really, really important. This is just being evidenced every day, especially at the moment. I hear stories of, you know, big names in the online world who have lost their accounts overnight and they can't get them back. Obviously, there was the Facebook outage a couple of months ago with no Facebook, no Instagram, no WhatsApp for a few hours. We didn't really know what was happening there. If you didn't have an email list and you were relying on those channels to contact your audience, 
then you were kind of stuck for that time. Actually, I was running a free challenge that was due to start that night. <laughs> but luckily, most of the marketing for that challenge had been done via my email list. So I was really quickly able to react and let people know what was happening. And that's just one example of why it's great to, to have a list as well as relying on social media. And a great way to grow your list is to create a freebie that you know is going to appeal to your audience. My experience has been that the more you niche and the more you lean into what you know about your audience and listen to what they're telling you, the easier it becomes to create a freebie or a lead magnet that they are really going to want. So that's what I did with this most recent lead magnet. I was listening to my audience who were all saying, how can we grow our audience? Because like I said before, since the pandemic, that has massively increased in importance for people. They're recognizing the need to do that. And so I created that freebie. So it's about thinking in your business, whatever that may be, what kind of a freebie can I create that answers questions that I'm being asked regularly? Not just one person saying, how can I do this? Or can you tell me how to do that? But what are the things that really tuning into those things that people are asking you again and again and kind of having your ears pricked up at all times or one ear to the ground and being curious about what your audience needs. And I think that comes from my background as a strategic planner in advertising because half of my job was, you know, about 50% of my time was spent going out and doing market research for big brands and really finding out what people want take that take that approach I would say and use it when you're trying to work out what your lead magnet should be great advice yeah well it takes time doesn't it it does so you want to make sure that you're making best use of your time so the next one is to continue this theme of being curious and that is to try and learn as much as you can about your audience so I call this going detective mode People are quite resistant. I find it really interesting. I don't know about you, Victoria, but a lot of people I find are quite resistant to using insights and analytics, and they just want to be kind of doing the do when it comes to marketing. Yeah. So I would say I would actively encourage people to, first of all, install some kind of analytics, such as Google Analytics in your website, and make sure that you are tracking what is happening on there, because it is so revealing. And even when I've been running campaigns for bigger companies, it never fails to amaze me how little time people spend looking into their analytics, because the knowledge that's in there is just so powerful. It's gold, some of this stuff, and you can make decisions on it. So for example, I regularly have clients who want to spend all of their time promoting their business on Instagram. And then we go and look at their analytics and about 1% of their web traffic is coming from Instagram. Now, of course, there's things that we can do to improve that and get that percentage up. But actually, there is a time for fishing where the fish are. And recently, a client was Um, spending a lot of time on Facebook trying to promote her organization. And actually, we dug into her Google Analytics and a huge percentage of people were coming from LinkedIn. And next on the list was Twitter and Facebook was third down and it was, you know, it was below 25%. So these are the kind of things that you can find out and you can find out really fascinating things like say you've done a guest blog and people are coming to your website from that specific blog, then you can approach them again and say, hey, it's been six months since I did my last blog. Fancy letting me do another one. 
Um, and you know that it's, you know, they they are doing a great job to promote your blog or they've got their SEO set up well, um, search engine optimization. And so again, it's just trying to simplify everything that you're doing and learn from the good things learn from the activities that you've been doing that are delivering great results already and try and do more of those. So go into detective mode, I highly recommend. That's really useful. You're making me want to check on my analytics now. It's a while since I've done it. I have found that in the past. It's It can be really surprising as well when you learn. You might think you know what posts working well or what time works well, but actually when you look, it can be really surprising, can't it? What's getting you the results? And then once you know that, you can do more of that. So yeah. much more um, beneficial to the business. Exactly. Exactly. And it helps you with the type of content that you should be creating as Mm -hmm. well. If we move away from Google Analytics for a moment and talk about the social media analytics, even just yesterday, I was going through which posts had generated the most saves from my account on Instagram. And so based on that, I can then brief my assistant and say, we need to create more of this type of post because that's what's working well. So it really can inform and save you loads of time. Another way to grow your audience that people are sometimes quite resistant to or maybe a little bit scared of is asking for reviews. But I always encourage you to get reviews, get testimonials, even get case studies if you can and display them everywhere on your profiles, on your website, because what is better than a trusted review? Nothing, really. Nothing. (laughs) We all want to know, okay, that's fine and well, you're telling me you're great at what you do, but I want some extra reassurance from somebody else who has worked with you to tell me that you're great at what you do. I think there are two stages though. The first one is plucking up the courage to ask in the first place. And there are simple ways that you can do that. You know, I have a template email set up that's got the links to my Google reviews and Facebook reviews so that people can easily do them. And then I also just regularly remind myself to go through my LinkedIn profile and contact people and ask them for reviews because you, yeah, you want to get those in, but also you want to share them. So once you've got them, the next step is to make sure that you're sharing them. There's no good having them all saved in a lovely folder in your email inbox where nobody else can see them. You've got to get the word out there so that you can benefit from great reviews. I mentioned that my first business was Kids Hip Hop Dance Company, and that was not an online business. Well, it was briefly online during the pandemic. (laughs) It was not generally an online business. So I've kind of brought some of the things that I did in that business to play in this business. And I really stand by some what you might call old school marketing methods. I, I really recommend either attending networking events or conferences yourself, but also could you get out there and host an event? That might sound a bit scary, but by hosting an event, you're putting yourself out there. You're showing that you're keen to bring people together, which is an attractive quality. And you're also showing that you have organizational skills and that you're prepared to go the extra mile compared to some people who would rather just stay in the background. So I hosted events every month in person for three years with this business. I hosted a monthly business club and I invited speakers along. And I can't tell you how often, even just yesterday, somebody bought from me who had attended an event probably two and a half years ago and had never bought anything before. Marketing is the long game. 
that's the unfortunate thing and that's why I think people have their heads turned by Facebook ads because they think it's going to get quicker results but if you can create a really solid marketing mix with lots of these different elements that I'm talking about and even more then it will pay dividends for years to come for your business another thing that I did with my first business was to work with influencers. And I know that that's something that people are really keen on investigating yes. right now. We hosted an event where we ran, we were launching a new hip hop class for kids and we ran a free event and invited about 25 influencers to come along with their kids and take part in the event. And I had a photographer, I had a blogger there And by making a big noise about this, you know, we didn't just quietly launch this new class. We made a big noise, got as much coverage as we possibly could. And actually, we ended up with the class being fully booked as soon as it launched and some of the influencers (laughs) paying to come along and join the classes. (laughs) That's such a good result. For me, it's like hosting the networking events, being prepared to put yourself out there and go the extra mile. I mean, that took a lot of organization. We did lots of extra things. You know, we had a little picnic for the kids. Obviously, we had everybody with goodie bags and all that kind of stuff. It was a lot of work, but it paid off. And it was fun. (laughs) It was loads of fun. So yeah, brand ambassadors and influencers, it doesn't just have to be an online thing. And it doesn't just have to be if you're selling products. It can work for lots of different types of businesses. And I think my last tip is quite a general one, but it's a rule that I try and live by, which is to be a joiner. So if you are thinking about joining that that membership or joining that free Facebook community or that LinkedIn group, just go ahead and do it. Try it out. Try out loads of different ones. Be a joiner and get to know the people. You really do get out what you put in. I'm a massive advocate of joining as many things as you can and then just removing yourself from the ones that aren't the right fit for you. Yeah, I love that. That's such good advice. Thank you. So as you know, we book experts as guests on podcasts, which is one of the strategies you talk about sometimes because podcast interviews are really great for generating leads. And often clients send listeners to their Facebook group or their email list as their call to action. And from there, they can nurture them. So once you get somebody onto your list or into your group, how do you cultivate that engaged audience? What are the best ways? So for me, this really comes down to three things in terms of your approach. Once you've got somebody on your list or in your audience, for me, it's about communication, consistency and clarity. So you need to be really clear on what you're going to provide to those people. So you need to set their expectations And then you need to meet those expectations consistently. So you do not want to be talking about random topics that they haven't signed up to. Um, And you do not want to be leaving great gaps in terms of the frequency with which you're getting in touch with them. You want to be in regular communication with them. Also asking them to respond to you. So I think that it's really important to remember when you are approaching marketing that you don't just want to be taking a broadcast approach. You know, you don't want to be the one kind of shouting out into the void all the time. What you're trying to do here is build up relationships with people, start conversations, allow them into your world rather than you just trying to get into their world, so to speak. I previously did a podcast with a friend. Yeah, I've listened to it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) A new client came to me 
I think it was probably one of the quickest lead times ever for somebody to become my client. So she followed me on Instagram, found out that I had a podcast, listened to a few episodes, set up a discovery call, and she's remained my client ever since. That was, I think, about 18 months ago. Definitely one of the benefits of podcast interviews because people really get the chance to know you and it's shortened that sales process. Absolutely. So I believe you have a new podcast coming out called the Audience Growth Podcast. I am really excited to launch this because I'm going to be sharing more of these tips and examples from how I have grown my business and my audience, as well as the clients that I've worked with. I have some great guests lined up too, who you might not expect to hear on a podcast with me. That is launching in January. I'm recording the trailer for it right after this. Oh, I look forward to listening to that. We'll drop a link to it in the show notes afterwards. Brilliant. Thank you. What words of wisdom do you have for business owners looking to grow their audience? Okay, so I think you've probably picked this up from me by now (laughs) from this interview. But the key thing to remember about marketing is that it's not a one and done. It's not a short term thing. But if that feels overwhelming, then I think it's really important to remember that you don't have to do everything. And you especially don't have to do everything all at once. Don't try and do it all alone as well. Surround yourself with people who are on the same journey as you and from whom you can learn as well, who can help you on that journey towards growing your business and growing your audience. I have a new program starting also in January called Audience Growth Club, which is a great option if you are looking to tick off both of those. And I will be sharing exactly how you can grow your audience for your small business. Brilliant. Thank you. Again, we'll add a link to that in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here today, Nikki. It's been great to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Guest Podcast today. I'll talk to you again in the next episode.